0: guest today is none other than Australian entrepreneurial legend Simon Reynolds. I heard Simon interviewed on uh, my former business partner Rob Holmes podcast really five years ago and that conversation impacted me so much that there are still a few things from that very conversation that are in my daily rituals even today. So I was so stoked when Simon agreed to come on the show. If you don't know him, Uh, This guy's a superstar. He's an award-winning marketer. He's won every marketing award known to man. He's one of the world's leading high-performance coaches. He's built built, uh, five, seven-figure-plus businesses in a row. In fact, one of his businesses started with only two people and eight years later employed over 6,000 staff in 14 countries uh, and eventually was listed on the stock exchange for over $500 He's a global keynote speaker, very highly sought after Uh, his most recent book, Why People Fail, which is an outstanding book, uh, reached number one on the Australian bestseller list in both the business and self-improvement categories. He's been featured on 60 Minutes, Today Tonight, A Current Affair, Bloomberg, and America's Today Show on NBC. So look, this conversation was high quality. Uh, I was just, just so stoked it was being recorded because the, the generosity in the wisdom that was being shared by Simon was just, a, it was just amazing, it Was such a treat. So look, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Uh, now on to the show. Uh, Simon, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing. I think it's so important and it's a, it's a privilege to be here. It's uh, very kind. Thank you. Uh, so let's dive straight in. And as with all my guests, I'm I'm really fascinated about your beginning and specifically the role your parents played in shaping you as a human being. Uh, and, and even more specifically, the role your parents played in shaping your beliefs about yourself. You know, I'm fascinated about what it was like for you growing up in your family and uh, your sense of confidence as a child and the role your parents played in your self-esteem growing up. Mm. yeah well that's a that, that is a fascinating question because
1: as a as a adult uh i i feel i'm not sure that i would in uh i could look at accurately it's it's so many decades ago <laughs> yeah sure uh, that's an interesting uh, point is my is my perception of what happened actually what happened you know <laughs> i i i don't know but uh i what I think happened with my parents is, I, you know, they were good parents. I didn't have one of those, thankfully, one of those relationships where I had some horrendous uh, problem with my parents. They were good parents. They were fair parents. And really, you know, I think uh, they just pushed, uh, uh, you know, hard work, trying hard. Um, I don't recall a lot of psychological stuff like, uh, you know, uh, a, lo- a lot of um, self-identity building. Um, you know, they, they encouraged me that I, would, I could do it. And they taught, uh, told me to work hard. And that's, that's my only memory of it. What I do recall is this, other than them being good parents, is I was the uh, last of four, of four kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember really wanting to prove myself. And, you know, in, in reference to, to what you deal with, having some insecurity, being the fourth kid, Uh, that, you know, I I had to prove to my family that I was as good as some of the other kids in the family. And uh, some might see that as a negative, but I think it was a a primary driver for Mm. me to, uh, to, to try and succeed after school. Because, uh, you know, at school I was, I was a really average student. Very bad. In fact, I was, I was lazy. I had I I could see no connection between, uh, school and, and, and the kind of things I wanted to do. So, uh, you know, as a result of that, I got a pretty low marks, but when I got out of school, you know, because I, I guess I got some flack from my parents about my results and, and, and f- certainly from my teachers about my bad results, I really wanted to prove them wrong. Yeah. So uh, uh, and 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 I was terrified of being a failure, and I'm sure this comes up often in in the people you're talking to. I was driven somewhat by these negative uh, neg- negative feelings. Some would say insecurity. Am, am I am I really what some people have said that I'm not going to amount to much? That I'm not going to be much, and so that drove me forward more
0: than the average person who may be very satisfied with themselves. Mm. That that is really an interesting point, and I love the the judgment free space uh, that coaching is really clear about rather than labeling things as good or bad, right or wrong in or out. you know, it's, it's all around outcomes. Is this getting you what you want? Great. Keep it. Is this not getting what you want? Well then get rid of it. So I think that's Mm. such an important distinction because my experience with dealing with people, people's insecurity is that people are insecure about being insecure. And so this fear of addressing it, It's like, well, that's going to make me feel bad, like I'm a bad person, something wrong with me. You've you've described a really interesting pattern, and that is insecurity can actually be a a really positive driver and cause people to do extraordinary things. Um, The issue is when that stops being a positive thing in your life and that starts impacting you negatively and costing you, well, then it's time to find a way to deal with that insecurity and find a more resourceful pattern of beliefs about yourself. Um, so yeah, thank you for raising that. That's, I'm, I'm glad we got to touch on that. Mm. Um, so you started business very young, mm. uh, and was that still out of this this drivenness to get right? I'm going to prove you said, I can't watch this. I'll show you what I can do. Uh, both your parents and your teachers. Did, did that insecurity drive you into your early success in business?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, uh what happened was, uh, the first years of my career, I, I did very well in, in a, a, advertising and then I got sacked and to this day, I don't know why I was sacked. Um, and you know, it's like 30 years later or 25 years later. So I would have no problem admitting, oh yeah, I was really incompetent back then. But to this day, you know, I have no idea why the guy sacked me. I've got my theories, but, um, you know, it, it was a mystery to me, but it was devastating to me. And the only way I could get a senior job or the kind of job I wanted in advertising my career was to open my own company. I literally okay. couldn't find a job. It was it was a very public sacking and, and the, the industry assumed, oh, this guy mustn't be very good uh, uh, as being a creative director, running a creative department of an ad agency. So really the only thing I could do other than work over, overseas was to open my own agency, which had two partners. So, um, once again, driven to prove people wrong. So I, I remember at the time I, I had two options. I had a really, really highly paid job being offered in New York to me or I could open my own agency. Okay. And it was very exciting, the thought of working in this great company in, in New York at the senior level. But I had to say no to it because mm. I couldn't stand every, uh, you know, my, people in my industry in Australia thinking I'd failed. So right. that is once again an insecurity, I guess, because if I'd been very um, secure with myself, I, would, I probably would have just done it. And that is yet another example of the insecurity being a positive driver, because if I hadn't, you know, I, I think I got a much better result um, opening that
0: agency in Australia than than I probably would have taken the job overseas. Amazing. Um, okay, so have there been times where insecurity has limited you? where you felt like that it's cost you or maybe uh, caused you to miss out on opportunities or had a a negative impact on your health, your relationship or your finances?
1: Oh yeah. I I think everybody's being limited by insecurity. I I believe that we don't just have a self uh, image. We have a series of them. So for instance, uh, let's take the world's richest man, Jeff Bezos. He has a very strong self image regarding his business capabilities. Yeah, but what's he like at tango dance? <laughs>
0: yeah, sure. You know,
1: like he he might be very insecure about dancing publicly in a in a in a you know at a, a nightclub, for instance. So we got we got twenty, thirty self images, mm. and most people I I think don't uh, think about that. But what we need to do, I think, if we're going to be e- extraordinary, is is to identify a myriad of sub self images that we need to polish and we need to finesse so that they serve. In my, in my case, you know, of course, you know, I'm uh, the person uh, who is, let's say, let's talk about business. Um, the person who earns uh, 10 grand a year is very, uh, insecure about the notion that they in many of them about that they could earn a hundred grand a year the person earning a hundred grand a year is insecure they can earn a million the person earning a million is insecure and has low self belief that they could do 10 million and there's plenty of people uh, earning 10 or even 100 million who don't think they're capable of making a billion a year but there are sure. some who believe they can make a billion right yeah. so um there's no limit to this um the if anyone it, you know just like all flowers move up towards the sun and uh, literally either yesterday or the day before I I noticed this little bit of grass coming up between a grill uh, on the pavement where my car was parked and it was endeavoring to get to the light. Right. Mm. It's, it is part, in my belief, it's, it's part of existence. Anything that's alive is wanting to get bigger and grow further. Right. And, and uh, it's natural to be that way. But there's two parts to that. I want to move towards something great, and I want to move away something that I'm probably pretty insecure about. Sure. So in, insecure is the driver, and we don't know whether it's good or bad. In fact, it's, it's not either. It's just open to the interpretation mm-hmm. of, of the person. You know. And so am I insecure about things? Yeah, I'm insecure about uh, a million things. The shift I might have made from 20 years ago is I'm more comfortable with the concept of being insecure. Okay. And I see, as, I see it as a to-do rather than
0: something that I just am. You yeah. know, so I, I, need to, I need to beat this insecurity, in other words. Yeah, sure. Do you think that's part of the journey of adulthood? So the way that I understand fully becoming an adult is, is kind of the ability to fill your own cup um, internally and resourcefully rather than be dependent upon others uh, to make you feel like you are okay. So I think, you know, one of the things around adulthood is actually cutting all the cords that prop you up as a child and validate you and, and inform you about your value and being able to work that out for yourself. So perhaps more about, you know, owning your own identity separate from what you can do or what you can have or what others think of you. Um, and, and referencing your own opinion, that's, that's kind of the work of an adult, which then you get to be more realistic around what you're good at and what you're not good at, and it's less important because it's not so personal. It's not so detrimental to your own sense of self overall. Would you agree with that idea? Yeah, I think that's a really great distinction
1: and that it's a distinction that many people have not made, that I yeah. am not, for instance, uh, uh, let's say I want to be a cricketer. I am not a bad cricketer. I am a, a wonderful human with all these advantages who currently is not good at cricket. You know, as you say, separating yourself. I think that is a, uh, a tremendous shift for a human being to make, mm. but many don't make it. Many believe they are their job, they are their salary, they, they are their, uh, the suburb they live in. Mm. You know, they have not made a distinction between their resolve and, and, and who they are, but I completely agree with you. That's what we should
0: well, yeah, entirely. And, and again, taking the judgment out of that's neither good or bad, right or wrong, but it can cause massive problems. If for instance, that thing that they've identified with, or they've tied their whole significance to gets taken away from them. Um, and then they're no one and have nothing. And then their world comes crashing down. Whereas the secure individual can move on and flow to the next season and open up the next door without it being a massive personal blow. Um, Oh,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And in the case of entrepreneurs, you know, I have seen just recently, I have a friend of mine who is a very famous entrepreneur uh, in Australia and he's uh, suffered a terrible career uh, setback Mm. and some embarrassing uh, headlines. And uh, if I don't know what he's feeling inside, but if he is seeing himself as just the famous entrepreneur, he'd be absolutely devastated it. if he sees that as just one of several roles he plays, he'll be irritated, but not devastated. Um, And all that you're talking about, I think, is, is stuff that we should look at, but these are the questions that a self reflecting entrepreneur does. And mm. not all entrepreneurs are like this. And in fact, a lot of successful entrepreneurs aren't like this. Mm. Um, that it, they barely think, they barely have uh, reflective thoughts, and they they just drive forward. And sometimes that gets some brilliant results. Sure. But I agree, it it leaves them exposed to yeah. when bad things happen. And where are they? Where is their identity? Where is is this? part of them or is this all of
0: them that's been that's been hurt for sure and i'd imagine if you were to have a close look at those individuals while they may be succeeding in one area perhaps there's, there's some pretty significant costs relationally or health-wise uh, a whole bunch of other areas that aren't going so well because they've tied everything to that one vehicle
1: Oh yeah. You know, I, I, I entirely agree. And particularly for entrepreneurs, you know, they, mm. they, they, they work 20 hours a day at business, uh, but they have no friends or, yeah. or their relationships are predicated on money, for instance, with their, with their spouses. Or um, as you say, you know, they they die, a, they die early of a heart attack because they haven't looked out for themselves. Uh, you know, what is true wealth? True. Uh, you know, the reflective person would have to true wealth is is excellence in 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 happiness uh in in finances in relationships yeah you know, in whatever uh a family that they that they want to that they want to spiritual that they they want to excel at but how many people do we know who ha, uh, in who entrepreneurs have been able to achieve excellence in all those areas
0: very very few <laughs> yeah very few yeah yeah, yeah. totally Um, So I'm interested in your thoughts. Obviously, this is one of the the reasons why people fail, according to you, is is this self-belief piece. So I'm fascinated about what you think are important aspects of doing well in this area and forming a healthy and secure sense of self.
1: Mm, Good question. Um, I think in in order to feel good about ourselves, we must constantly be uh, doing two things reminding ourselves of all of the good things we've done. So what I try and do, I have this little book here near my desk. Uh, at the end of each day, I write down three things I've done well. Sure. And I advocate when I'm coaching entrepreneurs, I advocate that they do that because there's so many things going wrong that, uh, if we're not careful, we can see ourselves as a whole lot of problems as entrepreneurs, rather than reminding ourselves of all the good things that are happening at, at the same time. So I think uh, daily boosting of your confidence is very, very important. And then the second thing I think we need to do is we need to, um, be moving towards a second version of ourselves. Okay. So, uh, let's say you've got, you know, John Davis, the entrepreneur, there's John Davis now, and then there's John Davis 2.0. And we need to articulate what is 2.0 of me. In this case, the John Davis guy. Um, and what do I have to do to move towards it? So we must always, we must continuously in the present. I think we must continuously in the present boost our confidence. Yep. And remind ourselves of the good. And then we must move towards a clearly articulated superior version of ourselves. Mm. If we're constantly stuck in, in just for the now, then the chances of us in, in an effective way growing to be a, a greater entrepreneur and a greater person is, is dramatically reduced.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, you you're big on rituals I i know from the conversation you have with rob and from your book are there rituals that you think are really useful to do that that, that help uh, in build that practice obviously the ritual of daily three things you i'm grateful for but rituals around building the you know, reinventing yourself and moving toward a, a better version of yourself how do, how do you do that practically
1: Yeah. Great question. Well, look, you know, very, very practically, I think you have before work rituals you have during work rituals and you have after work rituals. Okay. And, and before work rituals are are about seeing who you want to be reminding yourself of all the good things that are, uh, uh, that happened yesterday, Uh, obviously getting fit and, and, and getting in a a good mood before uh, you start working, getting clear on your goals. Um, Now, you know, when I, when I work with my clients, that's a very organized and and um, and, and finessed system. But I just, I just briefly, that's what we all need to do. And then in the middle of the day, and not many entrepreneurs do this, I believe that you should uh, return to an identity statement. Like what is, in a sentence or two, what is how you see yourself or how you want to see yourself? And several times a day, uh, you know, I have a target of three per day. Uh, I'll come back and I'll just say an identity statement that sums up who I want to be, how I want to behave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I get back to work. So that's a during work ritual. And, there's, there's, that's I'll
0: just, and that was the thing I heard you say to Robert uh, five years ago. I, I don't know. Again, the memory is a funny thing, but the way I think you told the story was um, that you would, every time you were in and out of the car, you would, the grabbing of the steering wheel was a reminder to uh, think about you know three words that described you on your best day and course correct or realign yourself with that and those identity statements were just a point of focus around that's right no matter what just happened or where you know good and bad i'm coming back to this person and i'm reminding myself that's who i want to be is that something like how the story went yeah
1: 100% yeah if if we sum up uh, three words which are us at our best so for instance yeah. Uh, you might say, well, at my best, you know, we're all, we all have bad days. We all have good days. It doesn't matter who it is, right? Yeah. So at my best, I am hypothetically optimistic. I'm yeah. efficient. Yeah. And and I am uh, uh, kind, as an example, right? Great. Well, I want to, I first of all, barely anyone has has analyzed what they are at their best mm. and summarized it into a handful of words. So number 1 you do that. That sets you apart as an entrepreneur or as a human. And then second of all, you come back to it during the day and recalibrate. It's like, you know, a, a yachtsman is now going once again north. Um, and you can it only takes 20 seconds, 10 mm. seconds to do that and and re, and recalibrate. Uh, re, recalibrate. And and you know not not many people do this. They don't even they don't know themselves well enough to even, unless they spend time on it, to even say what they are at their best, Mm -hmm. um, let alone to try and come back to what they are at their best. And, you know, I was only coaching someone about an hour and a half ago on this very issue, an entrepreneur. And I said, look, when we're trying to get somewhere, what we often do is we we, uh, beat ourselves up because we haven't got there. But whenever you go for a, a big goal, it's completely normal and usual to slip. Yeah. To not do it. So I say, I'm going to exercise five days a week and yeah. I only exercise two or zero, right? Mm. Well, I could beat myself up about that. But what I realized is the most important thing to judge yourself on is how quickly can you get back on track? Mm. Not whether you slipped or not. Now, most people slam themselves, yeah. most entrepreneurs, because they slipped. But no, no, no. The whole issue is how quickly can you return to how you want to be. And, and when you start judging yourself on that, it's a more compassionate, self-compassionate way to be, uh, you'll be happier, but
0: you also be more effective. Mm. Um, so good. You've, you've used the term reflective entrepreneur a, a couple of times. Um, sounds like a good book title. Is that, is that what you would describe as the reflective entrepreneur? Someone who's able to almost step outside of their own, State, observe it, notice how they're being, and calibrate how they're being now in relation to how they'd like to be being, and make the necessary adjustments to get back on track. Is that part of being the reflective entrepreneur? Yeah, that's 95% of it. And the last 5% is in
1: a regular, systemized way. So, for instance, if the Navy SEALs go and do any uh, operation, 100% of the time they will sit at the end of it and review it. Yeah. Right. So it, it's systemized. Yeah. That they rev, they rev, you review it. So yeah, we've got to be reflective. We've got to refl- uh, uh, reflect back on things, but not not in an occasional way. We mm-hmm. ha- have to do it methodically, at least daily. Wow, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything changes, because we're awake.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, another chapter in your book is not thinking. Um, So I think that's so good just to just to think intelligently about your own life and so much around insecurity. Um, Like I love, you know, Yoda says named must your fear be before banish it. You can Jordan Peterson says uh, be precise in your speech. And both those two things are getting very specific around the nature of the problem, the nature of what's wrong. And they come just through some reflective thinking. Like it's not it's not that big a deal to be honest and open about what is actually at stake here and what is, what am I up against. And so often I, I agree, people don't take that time, they don't reflect, they just sail on, they mask, Medicaid, avoid, hope it will just sort itself out. Um, you know, and, and Peterson says, if you don't get precise around these things, they become monsters and they will destroy you. It's, uh, it's in naming it that you actually, uh, you know, are so far on your way to resolving these problems. So I I love that distinction around at least daily reflection on where we've been and where we're going Mm. and the ability to course correct and get back on track. Outstanding. Thank you. Um, Makes all the difference. Yeah, it does. Are are you familiar with spiral dynamics? Uh, I always, as Chris Beck and Don Cowan or Chris Cowan and Don Beck, I don't know. I mix their, their surnames up all the time. Are you familiar with that framework? No, what is it? Uh, uh, seven levels of consciousness. I think in the 1980s they they thought about um, the, the levels of, you know, the 2.0 um, evolution of us as human beings and growing through various levels. And so, um, you know, starting at survival, then to tribe, then rebellion, then the system, then entrepreneur contribution and growth. Um, I, I found it such a, a very useful framework for thinking about um where I'm at now and where I'd like to be and and specifically learning the lessons around now so that I can grow to the next level because if you don't learn the lessons of now, then you are ineffective in the next stage and in fact you can't progress. So I actually had to go back and relearn rebellion because I never did that as a teenager or a young adult. I, I skipped that altogether and so I was pushing into level five entrepreneur, still afraid of people's opinion. Still needing to be the people pleaser, still needing to get it right, still bound by rules, still affected Mm. by the tribe. Um, So, you know, learning to do that well. But one of the Mm. the key ideas, which I'm fascinated, and the reason I bring this up is that, um, you know, I do think that the entrepreneur is a part of every human's journey. I think it represents the unique contribution each human being has when they find themselves and realise what it is that's unique about them and, the ability to problem solve in the market in a real way um not everyone agrees with me not everyone thinks that everyone should be an entrepreneur but i'm, I'm wondering whether you think the road to entrepreneurship and and stepping up in the market with your own stuff um do, do you think that's for everyone in an ideal world perhaps or have you got a thought about whether everyone should become an entrepreneur eventually yeah
1: i mean that's a really interesting question i, I look I. Like- I guess there's two levels of, of how we interpret entrepreneur. One, one is in a classical way that we are someone who provides goods and services for a profit um, to, to other people. And one could argue, though, that everybody's an entrepreneur and that what we're all aiming to do or to have a successful life we need to do is, is to create value and serve others with it. Sure. and and get and get something back in return that mm-hmm. that is um, of equal or greater value so um i think that's a healthy life mm-hmm. because a, a mother without interpretation a mother's an entrepreneur She's, sure. she, she she provides love she provides sustenance she provides security she provides um, humor um, from her own safety. being yeah from her own being and that's her factory that's her that's mm-hmm. her company company in a in a, a way and she delivers that to serve the world. And what does she get back in return? She gets self-satisfaction. She gets uh, 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 self-esteem. She gets the love of, of the children and, you know, and and many other things. So, sure. yeah, I think at, at that level, which is service to others, um, but... Um, you're not, not completely uh, self-service, you're, you're, you're getting something back. It may not be yeah. monetary. I think everybody is an entrepreneur and everybody should be an entrepreneur. And, you know, one of the, uh, I think one of the best cures for depression is to stop thinking, for people to s- start just thinking about helping others um, a lot more. Um, and obviously that's only a partial cure for a very uh, complex um, uh, ailment but often it's a lot harder to feel sad about yourself if you don't have time to think about yourself because you're spending so much time helping your family you're spending so much time helping others or you know finding less fortunate people than yourself um, uh, to help Um, and what is that that's that's entrepreneurship in its own way looking for ways to serve the community and we get back, but not necessarily with, with money. So I like that angle. I, I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting.
0: I'll have to check out this spiral dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It, I mean there's all kinds of different versions of it because it's, it's an old model. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's a wonderful framework for thinking uh, again, reflecting around uh, where am I now and what are the lessons I need to learn to keep growing and keep reinventing myself uh, the 2.0 version, whatever that may be for the next season.
1: Um, well, I remember what 30 years ago, Zig Ziglar, uh, the motivation guy, remember uh, he famously said, you can have anything in life you want. If you just help enough other people get what they want. And, and I think, uh, not just money, but also happiness is, uh, uh, is, is, and security, personal uh, feelings of security is, is part of that.
0: Yeah. Great. um, so I'm interested in whether, you, if you could recommend books, books that have been useful to you uh, around this specific subject of being a reflective entrepreneur and and self belief, and uh, you know tools or resources that you would recommend for people to help them on the journey of being secure as a human being and not attaching their identity to what they do, so that they can actually have that description of wealth that you described uh, before. Any any books that come to mind?
1: Yeah. Good question. I mean, uh, I think a lot of Brian Tracy's, uh, work and he's written 70 books. So there's uh, yeah, there's no shortage of uh, material, but there's a lot. He, he really studied, he was a student of Nathaniel Brandon, who was kind of big in the uh, uh, sixties and Um, seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think he, Tracy, Brian Tracy has a lot of very practical systems for um, creating a new self identity and mm. becoming a, a, uh, a, more secure person. And he admits himself he was very insecure and he had very low self esteem and, and really um, systematically turned himself around. And, and there's one quote of his that, that I think of often, and I think is very, very true that, uh, all improvements in life start with an improvement in your mental pictures. Your mental pictures. So it's only, yeah, it's only when you start mentally picturing your, uh, yourself living a better life that things begin to change. Mm. And I've, I've thought about that often and I, and I think it's really true. If you look at someone who's stressed, mm. they have a lot of pictures of themselves in stressful situations situations mm. or if someone who is feeling poor, they're always picturing things to do with being poor. Now so, you know, uh, someone watching this might say, "Well, so they should. they're yes. poor," or they're, or they're stressed." But that is the problem, is that they're not giving themselves an alternative picture. And as soon as you start imagining an, an alternative picture, you begin moving towards it. So I, th- I think Brian Tracy's a, a great guy for that.
0: That's good. So good. It reminds me of what I think is Stephen Covey's greatest contribution to the realm of personal development, and that's his observation of the spiritual law. I think he calls it that everything is created twice, and so you know the current results are just the second creation for what you already created in your mind, either by design or by default. But those mental mm. pictures—that's that's the first creation. When you you in the unseen world, you come up with these visualizations and these concepts about you as a person, those things manifest in your reality. And so the ability to have new mental pictures is kind of first creation work for a very different mm. future, a, a more ideal future. So,
1: yeah, that's, it's, it's beautifully, uh, beautifully put. And I think that in today's world, you know, after Covey died, um, social media came and uh, I think part of the problem, the many problems, of of an obsession with social media is a lot of people are spending so much time looking at Instagram or looking at Facebook, and their emphasis is on their consciousness is looking out to others yeah. rather than than focusing and and creating pictures uh, for themselves, and so they end up with these consumers of other people's pictures for themselves yeah, rather wow. than developers of their own pictures for themselves
0: which i think ties in again with the idea of fully becoming an adult because that's that's this idea of owning your own wisdom trusting your own judgment being self-sufficient being the one who's directing your own path uh, mm. rather than outsourcing the direction of your life or the vision of your future to the, to the world it's taking full responsibility and ownership for that that's a cool distinction i hadn't come up he hadn't thought about it like that. So that's, I like that. Mm, Thank you. Mm, mm, uh, all right, Brian, Tracy, any, any other books or resources that you could recommend around being reflective in this space? Well, specifically
1: being reflective, there's no books I've seen on, that I can recall on reflection but there's, there's plenty of people who advocate review, okay. as an example. Brendan Burchard adv- uh, advocates regular reviews. Robin Sharma, who's a great Canadian uh, coach, um, he advocates uh, uh, regular uh, reviews. Um, I think it's hard to go past those, those two guys. And they're, and they're constantly asking their students to, to review their, their circumstances and, and giving them great questions. Mm. To um, in order to do so, I mean, look, twenty five years ago, right up to today, Anthony Robbins, you know, famously had this series of review questions every morning: What am I happy about right yeah. now? What yeah. What am I excited about right now? What am I grateful for right now? And who do I love? And who loves me right now? Mm. And they're they're hard to beat yeah, as right. as as daily questions to ask, both in order to um, live an examined life. Um, as Thoreau said, an unexamined, the unexamined life is not worth living. Not just in, to live a reflective, examined life, but also just to feel better.
0: To to to
1: remind us of all the good things that are happening in our life. Hmm.
0: That's great. Um, w- one of the terms, like I, I love the idea that uh, when you learn new language, you can have a new experience. So the words we use don't just describe our experience; they shape it. So I'm conscious hmm. around. Um, you know, I take my, my role in my house with my family, uh, I, I think, there's an opportunity for leadership around culture by introducing language to my family. And mm. so one of the language pieces I'm playing with at the moment is the idea of reviewing the data, uh, which is kind of this idea about being reflective and more objective around what's happening because we're storytellers by nature and from what I'm understanding more and more, the realm of psychology teaching us about our negativity bias when stuff goes down, we're more inclined to put a negative spin on that and focus on what we're not doing well. And um, so the idea of being reflective and reviewing the data is to actually look at it uh, in, a, in a different light and to pick out different pieces of that data, data that's useful for our future rather than focusing on data that is actually not getting us to any value. And in fact, mm. hindering us and feeding mental pictures that are, you know, that are just reiterating the kind of version of ourselves that we don't want to be totally nice. totally there's a very interesting um uh professional sports mental
1: coach by the name of um uh, i i think it's lanny L L A N Y, bassin okay. b a w s h a m and he says exactly that he's got all these olympians and pro golfers and stuff that he's working on their minds, and he was a great great uh olympian as well and um he said, if you look at all the uh, champions that he's dealt with, they're constantly telling themselves how great they are. Mm. And they really are. I mean, and he gives some, uh, he, now there's an author worth, worth checking out that most people ha- haven't heard of. And he's written three books. Um, the, that there, you know, he was, he was a, an Olympic shooter, gold medalist. Okay. And he, he talked about some of the other gold, medal, uh, gold medalist shooters. And he said some, they were just talking themselves up. All the time, and he said it wasn't just some kind of shallow arrogance. Sure, they absolutely were turning everything that happened to them as yet another reason why they were going to win the gold medal. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I'll give you an example. So he talked about one of the world's greatest shooters in in, in Olympic history, and he was on the team with him, the U.S. team. And the I think the guy uh, lost his. Uh, lost his um rifle okay and he said to her, he said to lanny wouldn't it be amazing if i won the gold medal with a borrowed rifle <laughs> you know what i mean it had become yeah. he said i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah. and you know whereas most people have just been collapsing in yeah, in yeah. agony over it happened happening
0: and uh and the meaning that so, the yeah. meaning they'd place on it going missing uh you know Well, it proves that it's not meant to be for me. And this is not my year. And, you know, a hundred percent.
1: And, and so Lanny is massive on not just, um, remembering what we've done well, but as he says, feasting on it. Wow. So he's always like, he's got like a lot of elite sports people coming to him. He's got in Texas and, um, you know, he's saying it's in, just incessantly focused on, uh, focus on what went well.
0: How do we do um, that as Aussies? And, we're, we're a little uncomfortable about that as Australians. You know, that wouldn't yeah. fit well in American culture, from what I understand. Mm. Um, any tips on how to do that well as an Aussie?
1: Well, I think a lot of it can be done privately. <laughs> okay, so great, I think that's good. Yeah. Good distinction. Of, you know? Good distinction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think doing it publicly in Australia
0: will, uh, uh, is. Uh, is dangerous, <laughs> as as Anthony Mundine well knows. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. Uh, is there anything we've missed? Anything? Any other insights or distinctions that you think is important, especially for helping people overcome insecurity where it's become a hindrance to them, where it's become part of what they don't want for their future, and is costing them? Any, any other thoughts that we haven't covered?
1: Well, I mean, all I'd say is we're we're. I think a lot of people uh, think they are something. And that's just a moment in time. We are a human process. We are becoming, every one of us, something at any moment in time. And so the world's full of people who never did anything and and then just changed. Yeah. they decided to become something else so what i just emphasize to every everybody is whatever you are that's not you that's just a moment in time that's that's uh, currently we take we stop the film and that's who you are at the, at the moment but that's not who you are destined to be mm. that's entirely up to you based on effort and based on persistence and based on getting clarity about what you'd like to like to be. And that's very important because there are so many people who even at school were told they were useless
0: and then just yeah. believe it for the next 60 years. They've never reviewed uh, the data and that's the script they lived out of for the rest of their life.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. That's a, that's a great way of explaining it. That, that's the script they're living. And, and so we're, we're humans, aren't anything but potential and and so we can take control of that at any any point in time and then finally the adversity of our past absolutely not only can be the fuel for uh, for a superior future than if we'd had a good past but you and i could talk for hours about famous people who used it in order yeah. to become who who they are so for all those people who are miserable about what happened to them either the last week, last year, or when they were kids, um, who's to say that isn't the
0: very fuel that mm. turns you into an, into an extraordinary person. Amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I appreciate it. that. That's so valuable. Where can people find you? Where's the best place for people to, uh, follow your work for those who've discovered you for the first time through this interview. Where do you hang out online? Yeah, sure. If they just go to simon
1: com, which is S double dot com. Yeah. Um, then you know, that'll, that'll lead you to me and just get on my email list and, and, uh, and just see if, if what I say is of, of value and, and if I can help, or of course by, by why people fail, um, And that's a, that's good intro to, to some of my, my thoughts as well. Mm. Uh, Also, uh, One last thing for people in Australia. Uh, we, we also have an organization, the fortune
0: Institute, that coaches entrepreneurs as well. Okay. Wonderful. And people can find that on your website.
1: Yeah, just on the, on the net. If they Google it, they'll, they'll, they'll
0: get there. they will get there. Wonderful. Uh, well, it's been a very rich conversation. I've, um, Yeah, it's a real joy and I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate your generosity and the time you've taken to share the insights. It's very kind of you and I'm sure people will will benefit greatly from this. So thank you very much, Simon. Well,
1: look, it's the quality of the questions that that creates the conversation. So thank you for for some excellent, uh, uh, wise questions.
0: (laughs) Great. Okay, cool. We'll leave the conversation there and I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Now, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, For those of you who've been following my work for a while, uh, I've put out the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity. Uh, I'm convinced that insecurity can be overcome and not just masked, managed or avoided. Uh, But I think people who throughout time have found a way to show up to life unhindered, have done so a certain way there are keys that each of them have used and so my work has been to compile these ideas and and make sense of the stuff that's worked and and deconstruct key ideas so they can be used and reproduced so look that's available on my website Um, i'm particularly interested in having conversations about overcoming insecurity for entrepreneurs and even more particularly 35 to 40 year old entrepreneurs I just think entrepreneurs have got skin in the game. They have such a desperate need to solve this problem because it's all them showing up in the world solving problems. So it's good for the world to have entrepreneurs uh, at their best where it matters most. So if that's you, uh, love to have a conversation. Jump on my website, have a look at the seven essential practices and take the online assessment just to see how you measure up against these seven practices and how well you're doing. And uh, I'd love love to have a conversation with you if you think it could be helpful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.